Now, I was born at a young age. Wait, we all were. Anyways, when I was born, um, my family was very involved. Uh, my parents split up when I was about a year old. And so all of my grandparents and parents, being the only child, being the only grandchild on the one side of the family, meant that I got a lot of attention and I got a lot of love. And that was just awesome. Like I've never in my life felt a lack of love. But sometimes I felt like I lacked consistency, right? Going from house to house to house. But honestly, if you were to ask me about that, I didn't know any different, right? So I didn't think like that that was unusual in any way. I got very accustomed to going to different places and I actually really enjoyed it. And I feel really blessed that my dad really encouraged me in exploring the world, in traveling, in doing different things. And there's a lot of blessing in that. There's a lot of fun that I've been able to have in that. And there, of course, is a shadow side. And in that place is where I feel like God really has something that we can uh, all be blessed by and encouraged by as we are kind of processing how our stories intersect with the work of God. But something else to be clear about is that I was raised in church. Like there is not a moment in my life where I didn't have an awareness of God or an engagement with the church. And honestly, I dreamed of being a pastor from probably the age of three. Ask anyone in my life that nobody's surprised that this is the, uh, the quote, career path that I might have chosen as an adult because it is coming out of a passion from childhood. And I don't know, maybe that's unique to me and or maybe others have kind of had that, that inkling of what they're supposed to do from that young, but I just knew that there was something about God and there was something about God's people that really captivated me, really, I felt at home. It was like another home. And I say another home very loosely, right? Because going from moms to dads to grandparents to church to school, there is so much moving around and... I found a great amount of safety in all of those places. And I'm just so grateful for many of the influences that I've had in my life. But like I mentioned earlier, my dad really encouraged me to explore. And this is something that he didn't just talk about. He actually did and he actually included me in. And I had the opportunity to travel from a very young age. And as you could imagine, I got very good and very efficient at packing a suitcase. This suitcase has been a lot of different places. I actually did a little bit of a count as I was preparing for this. I've had 19 trips outside of Canada, four continents, and eight countries. And 
I just feel blessed to have been able to do that. And my dad really encouraged it and got me started really young. In fact, one of my first trips was going to New York City in June of 2001, where my dad and I actually went and did a tour and went to the top of the World Trade Centers. And I think if you recognize the year 2001, you would know that that was one of the last opportunities that we could do that. And just unfortunately, I don't have any pictures of that. But I think about so many other different trips that I've taken with different people. Um, one that was a lot of fun, but was also kind of frustrating, was when my opa and I went to Dallas a couple years ago. I was going to a conference. We were going to go to a museum. We had all this stuff planned out that we wanted to see. And as we were preparing to go, we decided when we were getting a rental car, not to get a GPS. And because my opa's like, you know what? I can read a map. I can figure all of this out. But the highways in Dallas don't exactly work that way. I remember one time we were, we were driving and the signs were saying to go east or west going the same way and then all of a sudden one lane kept on going straight and the other lane would do a u-turn right on the middle of the highway and so we got lost and so if we if there if was a place we needed to get to that was supposed to be 20 minutes we got to the point of just preparing two hours because we just kept on getting lost and it's frustrating, but we did make it to all the different places, the different museums that we wanted to go to, the conference that I was going to. And so that was just a lot of fun. And, uh, but it does test your patience, right? Where you know where you want to go, but you just can't seem to find the place that you want to go. Another great trip was uh, in my first year of high school, my dad and I went to Australia. He had taken a year off work to travel. And uh, so I went with him on my March break. And uh, one of the things that we did was we went to this place called Fraser Island. And it was all sand. And we had to get like in this truck to be able to drive around on the sand. And it was just a lot of fun. And there were these hot springs where we could dip our feet in and these little fish would like eat the dead skin off of us but it was also bug season so we had there was one rule that we had for these couple days was always keep walking because if we stopped the bugs and i don't even know what they were like these big flies like the size of my thumb and they would just land on you. They wouldn't bite, but it was just, we don't want them landing on us. And so I remember the one time we woke up in our tent the first morning and we didn't put like a covering over our tent. We just wanted to look and see the sky above us. But we woke up and there was a what seemed like a black tarp over the tent. And like, did someone put a tarp on our tent? And uh, nope. It was just a lot of bugs. So we ran out of the tent, picked up the tent, threw it in the truck and just drove as fast as we could and just hoped that none of them would get in the cab with us. <laughs> oh, 
all these years later, that's really funny. Another place that I got to go where I actually got to go twice, exactly 10 years to the week, was Pompeii, this ancient city that in 75 AD was covered in volcanic ash. And the interesting thing about that, exploring it, is that they've been excavating that city for over 300 years, and they've only got through a third of it. I don't know, the life lesson for me was that there's always something to explore. Going back 10 years later, not only made me think of wow, how different I am 10 years later, but just some of the new things in the city that didn't exist at that time or that we didn't know about that hadn't been unearthed yet at that time. So my suitcase has gotten a lot of mileage. I've really been blessed to be able to travel a lot and to really see the world at a much younger age. And I am absolutely grateful for that opportunity. But there is a little bit of a shadow side for that. And that is a deep longing for consistency. And at times, that longing for consistency became a desire for control. Because I remember saying at one point, I'm the only person I see every day. So I started trying to find that security in myself. And I started being really good at planning things. And I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago, and I was just saying, I'm not the kind of person that just has a plan B. I have a plan G. Because plan B isn't enough. Scheduling something three months in advance seems too last minute for me. So I think you could imagine how when this pandemic hit, that really messed with me. And I was just disturbed by the fact that I couldn't predict or control what was happening tomorrow. But then it occurred to me, I never actually did. And I think that's important for us all to realize, is that we didn't actually know what was going to happen tomorrow. We've just, in many cases, have been blessed to be able to predict that our plans actually work out. Like, yes, there's different uncertainties in our lives, but, you know, our sports or our TV schedule or going to church, like, we kind of get used to these things as if we know that they're going to happen in a certain way at a certain place. And this has really kind of rattled me because, I don't know about you, I felt like I lost control. But I really felt like what God is saying to me in this season is, you were never in control. Stop trying to control and give it to me. Trust me because I have a plan for you. And that's hard. That is not in my personality to necessarily trust things that are external to myself. But I've had to learn to run to God, 
to trust God in those moments where I realize my weakness, when I realize my frailty. And I've been really noticing these days in the scriptures how God has actually promised us certain things. But it's not promises of prosperity or consistency or our plans working out the way that they want. Those are not the promises that God has for us. But the promises that God does have for us is that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He is always going to be there. And I've really been clinging to that promise as I've been making decisions and making changes. And honestly, in this season, I'm lucky if I have a plan B. And that's starting to be okay. And as I've been processing this, as I've been praying into this, as I've been looking to the scriptures, a passage in James chapter 4 really stood out to me. And it said, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. And James says this, How do you know what your life will be tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. This is something that I feel like, I'll say it like this. Crisis is often an accelerator for growth. And I think in the last couple months and reflecting on this scripture, not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold as disconcerting and as uncomfortable as it is. I'm realizing more and more and more, and this isn't a finished work, but I'm realizing more and more and more that I know who actually has control of tomorrow. And so the fear is starting to subside. The discomfort is starting to become fascination in what's going to happen next. And just clinging to those promises. Because even if the rest of my earthly life is in this kind of a season, God not only promises that he will be with us in this life, he promises that anyone that accepts him as Lord and Savior, that we can actually be present with him for all of eternity. And in the lens of eternity with God, why are we trying to predict and control tomorrow here? On that same trip in New York City, I uh, woke up one night and I didn't actually see anyone in the room. My dad and I were on the trip and my mom and my aunt were there as well. And so I wake up in the hotel room in the middle of the night and no one's there. And so in my, you know, young nine-year-old self, I get up and I leave the room to try to find one of the adults in my life. 
because, you know, I wanted to be safe with a parent. And I, I, I walk down the hall and I couldn't find them. Then I got scared and I'm like, I got to go back. I got to go back to the room. But I didn't remember the room number. But I did remember like a little marking on the door. So I go back, I find the room, I knock on the door. And as my dad tells the story, when he got out of bed, he didn't see that I was gone either. And so when he answered the door, he was both scared that I left and relieved that I was back at the same time. I say that to say that there is safety in the arms of God. When we get lost or we are kind of looking around, there's always the opportunity to find our way back. And even if earthly parents aren't perfect, and even if unconditional love wasn't something in your experience, I'm blessed to say that it was from mine. The fact of the matter is that we can run to our Heavenly Father and His heart is wide open to embrace us.